Hey guys, I have a podcast that I think you'll really enjoy. Proof, the investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here is releasing its highly anticipated second season where they investigate the murder of 18-year-old Renee Ramos. The first season, which if you haven't listened to yet, you totally should, saw the release of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend, Brian Bowling. And thanks to evidence unearthed by proof, on December 8th, 2022, both Daryl Lee Clark and Kane Joshua Story were finally freed after 25 years behind bars. With that same investigative drive, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, and this time, they are on the streets of Manteca, California, to find out who really killed Renee Ramos. In proof, murder at the warehouse, you hear how, on June 5th, 2000, Renee's body was found buried beneath a pile of debris inside a new Home Depot building. And how, despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, her boyfriend, 18-year-old Jake Silva, and 33-year-old Ty Lopez were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Morgan Rector, host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters, available wherever you get your podcasts. There were two more murders 15 miles away. Arrived, the found the we have a weird described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Cup of murder. When you think California, you think sunny vacation spot. But with the Zodiac Killer active through the 60s and 70s, California became a place where many didn't feel safe. And on August 19, 1979, a new serial killer dubbed the Trailside Killer took his first victim, sending California into terror once again. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. David Carpenter had the textbook childhood of a serial killer. He was born on May 6, 1930, to an abusive alcoholic father and a domineering mother. He suffered from a severe stutter, persistent bedwetting, exhibited cruelty to animals, and was incarcerated when he was only 13 for molesting two of his cousins. He ticked all the boxes. Carpenter's first attempted murder was in 1960, when he attacked Louise Rena, mother to actress Lisa Rena, with a hammer and a knife. He spent seven years in prison for this attempt and, in 1970, was arrested and spent another seven years in prison for an attempted kidnapping. His crimes even landed him on a suspect list for the Zodiac Killer, but was later cleared. Fast forward to 1979, when people started to disappear from hiking trails in the state parks in San Francisco area. On August 19th, Etta Kane disappeared from the park where she was hiking in. When her naked body was found, she was in a kneeling position with a shot to the back of her head. The following March, Barbara Shorts was found in the same position as Etta Kane, but dying this time of stab wounds to the chest. 
And in October, Anne Alderson was found shot in the head after vanishing from her jog. Then, on November 29th, after having been missing for two days, Shauna May's body was found with a bullet wound in her head. This time, however, she was joined by the body of Diane O'Connell, who had been missing for a month. Later that same day, two more bodies were found. The media went crazy. He cooled down for four months before he struck again near Santa Cruz. This time he left a survivor, and that survivor was able to help create a sketch of the suspect. Not only did they have a sketch of who we now know as David Carpenter, but they had witnesses who placed his small red car in the area during the attack. But that didn't stop him from claiming one more victim before the police could gather enough evidence for an arrest. This time, the victim, Heather Skaggs, was on her way to David Carpenter's home when she disappeared. It was rumored that he had made an attempt to date Heather, so her disappearance was connected to him pretty quickly. When the police came to his home to question him about Heather's disappearance, they noticed his red Fiat in the driveway, and that he was a dead ringer for the sketch of who they were calling the Trailside Killer. He was kept under surveillance until Heather's body was found in Big Basin State Park, and he was finally arrested. Heather, like some of his other female victims, showed signs of rape prior to the murder. During the open and shut case, it was found that, while Etta Kane was the first victim that was confirmed as a victim of the trailside killer, it was an acquaintance of Carpenter's who was his first real victim. Kelly Menjavar disappeared in late 1979 and was found in a park near the San Francisco Bay Area. This made his victim total around 11, though there are a few victims that he is suspected of, but not confirmed. On May 10, 1988, a San Diego jury convicted him of five counts of first-degree murder for Richard Stowers, Cynthia Moreland, Shauna May, Diane O'Connell, and Anne Alderson. He was also found guilty of raping two women and attempting to rape a third. He was sentenced to death in the gas chamber and remains on death row. He was then tried and convicted for the murder of Ellen Hansen and Heather Skaggs and the attempted murder of Stephen Hurdle, attempted rape of Hansen, and rape of Skaggs. In 2009, police re-examined evidence from the murder of a woman named Mary Frances Bennett, and DNA was matched to Carpenter. His victims, it appears, are still being connected to him. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on August 20th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime-obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy-to-listen-to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.